Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Your, your face is so big on the screen in front of us. No, it's not bad. I'm just saying like you're huge looking. <laughs> and I put a bigger one on the house too than what was on it before because I feel like the AC units just run constantly. Yeah, they do. I'm like, so I'd rather just, I feel like I got to get a bigger unit. DJ needs a bigger unit. <laughs> Need a bigger unit. <laughs> Yo, Brett Griffin here. You're listening to Door Bumper Clear, presented by Offer Pad. We're back from Texas and the All Star Race with plenty to cover. Michael McDowell turned Bubba Wallace at Bristol. Quinn Huff's dumbass move and Austin Dillon winning are just a few of the topics we'll hit. Jason, let's hit the intro. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Watch out for this guy. White flag. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Bumper. Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors. Spotter the 22 Cup Car, the 99 Truck. Supposed to be spotter a starter of the show, and it took you an hour to get us going. Brett Griffin, spotter Clint Boyer. Uh, see, Jason's still in the house. Wondering how those resumes are coming in. Yeah. None. No, nobody wants to deal with us. That's not true. I saw some tweets. I saw some tweets. I yeah. saw some tweets, Jason. I'm going to hire a Chase Elliott fan. Your job is in high demand. I'm going to hire so. a Chase Elliott. He's, you know he's filtering everything that comes in with the mail, too. <laughs> oh, resume. Nope. I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know what's worse, a Chase Elliott fan or a Kyle Busch fan back there in that room. So, uh, what's up? Freddie Kraft, Spotter Bubba Wallace, Derek Krause. Had old Jeffrey Earnhardt again this week. Pretty decent runs for everybody. Uh, well, I heard the rumor we got some gifts, Jason. You get, what do you got back there? You got more gifts? Somebody, I heard this is for Brett. I don't know what it They're is. They're probably on the oh. counter in his house. Got more gifts? They, what is they it? They came in March, but we're getting them now. Oh. Of course. Casey, what's up? What do we get? Uh-oh. Hello. I want to know what these gifts are. I'm kind of sad I'm not what there. What got here? It's not Chick-fil-A. Did you not open them just to prove that you didn't steal anything? One's or did open. you open them Two, It literally says, oh. to Brett Griffin, not Jason, on the label. <laughs> and it's open. <laughs> I'd imagine that's a bottle of something. Look at the special delivery instructions. Uh oh. Huh. Spirited shipper. I'll tell you what this is going to be. It's going to be E.H. Taylor. Look at that packaging. What is that? It's upside down. That's all right. It's upside down. I'll probably be upside down later myself. Dang. This is a Bourbon. bottle of E.H. Taylor straight rye. And I've never had the straight rye. So uh, who said who this? Who said it? Does it say? 
Man, you know I got my reading glasses on. <laughs> Old people problems. Straight from the bourbon distributor, so I don't know who's. You it. seriously can't see anything. You can't see that box. No. When you turn forty-five, Casey, you'll get it. I didn't under. They told me at forty my vision was going to go out, and it didn't. Uh, but at forty-five, boom! One morning you wake up and you can't see up close. Look at this. We got Gamecock stuff coming. Oh, it's a door bubble clear oh shirt. Oh, my God. Somebody made it with Gamecock stuff nah, on man. it. That is not That's, your those size. Are ma- oh, are those masks. Look, we all get one. I was going to say, there's no way he's going to fit in that. <laughs> there's a mask for everybody. Casey, this Look, is your shirt. I when thought you, the, once after you have the baby, this a is your shirt for Casey, you. Casey, it's a tube top for after you have the baby. <laughs> oh, my God. It's your child's shirt. that small. I can't see. Hold it up. So... Oh my gosh, we got wow, Gamecocks in the house. Wow, that looks pretty nice. You know you're, pretty nice. you're definitely going to wear Why that. Why are you guys getting gifts for Brett, though? I don't I know. I'm, I'm a little, really I'm a little, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a huge bourbon drinker, but I would, you know, I would drink some bourbon if it I've was sent got, to me. I've uh, got, I've had seasoned wood from E.H. Taylor, small batch, single barrel. I've never had Which straight rye. That? Straight rye. So, uh, man, that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks Plus, a we lot. got the door Brett bumper clear logo. Brett already has a big enough head. What's in that card? You guys keep giving him gifts. How about the door bumper clear logo with the, uh, did you see with, that on with Twitter? A, with the trees on it. With the Did you see Carolina the logo somebody on made on Twitter? No. Yeah, I, I that. like that, that was pretty logo. Good. Yeah, it was, was pretty it? good. Yeah, that was awesome. This is only 100 proof. Brett, it'll keep you. You'll be good. The name of the company is Coss Creative. He's a fellow game cock and alum. Rusty Coss. Tell Freddie I can do a new batch when he finally gets added to the logo. <laughs> <laughs> sometime, don't worry. It was a Rusty, what's his name? Rusty, uh, sometime yeah, yeah, yeah. in late March we'll probably get that logo, I think. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, dude, he uh, says he loves listening to the show. So thanks, Rusty. We appreciate it. Yeah, Go Gamecocks. Actually, how, ironically, last week I brought a red Solo cup, not knowing we had bourbon here. This week I wore a Gamecock shirt, not knowing we were getting Gamecock gear. So, see, that's why Gamecocks are the best. TJ, is there was a gift for you, but it was a Chase Elliott um, fan package. So I decided to yeah, keep you can that. Go ahead and have that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Jason? I'd like that because I want to auction it off. Uh, <laughs> for Emma. I'm gonna auction it off with MRO. I'm trying to steal my bourbon. I was just moving it out of the way. <laughs> it's blocking my Daytona 500 wing oh, car. So that's cool. We got. <laughs> I don't understand why everybody likes Brett so much. And hey, keeps not everybody. Him gifts. Just, just, just that guy. Just that one guy. It's just bourbon drinkers and Gamecock just fans. Drunks. It's just drunks. You the know cool why they people. like him? Because they're drunk. When they listen to the show, it's they're like, well, that guy's right. It's all the cool people. I get it now. So, All Star <laughs> Race. All Star Race. I mean, we don't want to talk about certain things about the All Star Race yet, but I want to talk about something where I will admit that my opinion changed drastically during the race. When I got there, I was absolutely kind of pissed off at where the car numbers were going to be located. But I got there and saw it live. There were three paint schemes I thought were absolutely hideous in the All-Star race. The 41 was bad. You couldn't see the one in the number. Didn't really see a lot of branding. The 19, which is one of my favorite paint schemes on the cars normally, it was terrible. You couldn't read the door numbers. I didn't think the logos popped. Um Hands down, the worst one was a 77 car that Haley, you know, Haley drove. Uh, you couldn't see anything on that one. But outside of that, I saw a lot of branding opportunity for sponsors. Like when, and, and for some reason, some door numbers look bigger than others. But I think when we look at this uh, moving forward in, in 2021, and look, I don't like you know, changing things midseason, but 2021, man, I think we should do that. Like I really saw a ton of sponsorship placement that could could be a good thing for the sport i mean when you look at some of the quarter panels even looking at the six car yesterday Wyndham resort was on there you could barely barely read it we were 20 rows up so if i'm 40 rows up and i'm a fan there i'm not going to be able to see it but the way they were able to manipulate those schemes in all-star race tj i became a fan of it i uh i like some of the schemes but 
Man, the number the number needs to be the biggest thing on the door, in my opinion. You can't have the number smaller than the sponsor. The number needs to be needs to be bigger than the needs to be bigger than a sponsor, in my opinion, because it's the first. Some of them cards I looked at, and I, the first thing I saw was a sponsor, not the number. Um, I don't know. I, I think I didn't. I didn't hate it. I hated the lights that didn't match the cars. Um, they needed to. If you're gonna do neon lights, like it, the uh, the color didn't matter at all. Like it needed to match to your car. Like if you had a yellow car, we should run the yellow lights so it matched. Cause, I didn't understand why they were just in the back, Freddie. Like yeah, I felt like the, the cars yeah, were farting. I, was about a, to say, I just yeah. felt like they were farting the color of the rainbow. Yeah, I get it. I thought it was gonna be like Kurtz in the. That's what King they advertised. <laughs> Um, yeah, which I mean, maybe they will, but I I will say on the side of the the sponsor on the sides from a TV perspective, like I I saw I could see every sponsor, so I know at track it's obviously challenging, but I, I thought I thought it looked pretty good for for what it was. I think if you're gonna do that, I mean, why not do what like IMSA does there and in uh, the back window there, not the back glass, but the, behind the C post or B post. I hope the, they never do it again. Behind myself. the B post, run. You know, run the number where your position is, or something like that. If you're gonna, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't hate that at IMSA because you can, you at least know where you're running. You know what? If you're, I don't know, that might be helpful for the fans I at just, some point. But as far as the, I, I liked most of the paint schemes. Like you said, um, I didn't like. It was weird because a lot of them, uh, I didn't like them on a render, and then you see it on the car, and it looked a lot better. And Junior was talking about that on his show about you know the, a lot of them renders are like from a diecast company, so it doesn't lay out yeah. right on the car. Um, so I was fine with most of them. Like you said, I think number size, number size, number placement was the biggest thing. Like the Stuart Haas cars, for some reason, their numbers are really high on the door, which I think if you lowered them down, their schemes are a lot better. Looked like the Gibbs cars had the numbers shrunk for some reason. Um, so, you know, obviously just number placement and, and one logo versus some cars had two or three different sponsors up there, which I thought looked terrible. But, uh, yeah, the, and the lights, you know, obviously you get a false sense of, you know, false advertising there because Kurt's car – looked great at that burnout competition. But you gotta remember Kurt's car is raised up off the ground. You can see in the wheel wells. You know, you, you put you, you put the light I think you still put the lights on there and see what shines because it looks stupid just under the back. But you're not gonna get that same effect that Kurt had because you're gonna get a lot less light out of the front and the sides because yeah. we're so sealed off. But you know, I mean it was try something and, and I think I would be okay with the paint schemes moving forward. I don't know about the lights and, and I mean if you're gonna have lights, yeah you wanna have brand awareness. That's what they were doing it for. But uh, you know, like the I thought the Toyotas and the Chevys looked too similar. Like I think the underglow is a little much. Yeah, I don't. But like, what I'm if, fine what if, with it for the All Star race. What if for a what if for a night race you were allowed to put a strip down the top where your roof rails are or something to match your car? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if you're going to Daytona or something like that, or you know, night race Daytona or anywhere night race, and you wanted to put, um, you know, and you can change those LED lights to any color that you want. They they've got millions of colors you can put on. Imagine matching up your the petty blue down the roof rails glowing coming off turn four finding I mean Yeah. I mean I think I think if you want to have brand awareness, you know, I don't think you need to do the whole car. I mean no. make, make yourself a damn light up a light up uh, emblem on the hood. You know, all the Chevy saying, emblems like, light up just... yellow, all the Ford emblems light up blue, all the all the Toyotas light up red. You know, just the damn little emblem on but the then hood. Tr- yeah, but then like I mean yeah. I mean, Still. it's not for it's not for us, you know. It's not for a spotter. Yeah. It's more for the people on TV to identify with the brand. I'm just you know, saying, manufacturer. No. On Twitter, you you saw there were there were some tweets about like how their kids never watched NASCAR and now they're like mesmerized because the cars looked so cool and yeah, things and like that. I thought, thought the that feedback that. overall was good. Yeah, I, I'm fine with. It. I just thought it looked dumb just under the back. <laughs> the Chevrolets looked like they were on fire. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
I don't it know. Just didn't, I it just didn't, didn't match the cars. Car numbers, car number movement, thumbs up, do it. Whoever came up with that idea, if I told you you were crazy, I take it back. You were smart. Whoever came up with LEDs on the rear only, you're still not smart. So, unfortunately, <laughs> we can't all win. If it was the same guy, the good news is you get to keep your job. Yeah, you get you broke even. You, yeah, you broke even. Five, hitting 500. What about on track for All-Star? What would you guys think? We're going to talk about that. If you read the show sheet that you're supposed to lead, you'd know we're going to get there. Yeah. I, I really like that race. I'm sorry. Jeez. You like that it race? so... I, I thought it was a great. I'm gonna tell like, you I what, thought it was interesting. I, uh, I had some tire troubles going up there. Uh, didn't know if I had a flat tire or a caliper issue or whatever. Ended up in a service station right there, downtown Bristol. The guy was awesome. Got me right back on the road. But there was a lot of traffic, man, in front of the racetrack. Like, I got there a few hours before, and it probably took I, me a good 30 minutes. Thanks to Freddie's kind of spotting for me to tell me which lane to get in and not get in. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of fans, though. It was cool. Yeah. That one Y'all guy, rode together? No, I was gonna. I thought I saw you driving separate. Did you see any issues with all the fans? I mean, obviously, it's been a while since we've had that many fans in the. That's the funny thing is, like, I see some of the comments on Twitter, and I've seen some of our media people, and clearly, we can't control what the broadcast puts on TV and when they put it on TV. But um, you know, maybe it was one or two percent of the race where people weren't being responsible at the end, or they were excited about a moment or something. But for for what I've seen at Bristol and for what I've seen at Texas, everybody was social distancing. Everybody had masks on until they got to their seat, and everybody was spread out, man. I mean, I, I can't say enough positive things about what I saw at those two racetracks. Clearly, there must have been moments that TV decided to show, but, hey, they, they showed us on TV and act like we weren't social distancing at Darlington, and we 100% were. So, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, 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 as far as face masks go, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one on Twitter. But if, if Freddie and I are, are eight or ten feet apart, why do we have to wear a face mask? So if a fan is, you know, it, it, let's say it's a driver. If he gets out of the car and he won the race and they're not, you know, they're making him wear a face mask and the person asking him questions is six to eight feet from him, why? Like, I mean, again, I, I think the optics of it is part of it. But, man, it's time to let these crew guys in victory lane. I saw some tweets about that last night. The crew guys are around the drivers and the haulers when they're changing. They're around the drivers when he's getting in the car. And it's too hard to win these damn races to not at least let us go in there and stand in the background for a picture. Yeah, I mean, you look at the one guy. The one guy was social distancing his ass off. He climbed a fence to get away from some people at Bristol. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, if you're a drunk fan, we can, we fully support drunk fans. Do not climb the fence. God. <laughs> Just begging to go to jail. <laughs> yeah, Richmond. Yeah. Well, that guy, he got way up. Didn't, didn't we meet his daughter or something? Met his daughter. Yeah. yeah. Like at a, she was at a hotel or something. Yeah, she, she was a hotel like, check-in, she check-in. Clark. He yeah. was sitting on top of the fence. Yeah, he was. I'd have been scared. He was Freddy drunk, like, like I said. He got 30 days in jail and banned for life. I yeah. Mean, he probably deserved it. <laughs> I mean, he had the best seat in the house. The he cars did. were driving right underneath him. <laughs> that guy. Whew. But I saw a boy climbing the fence. I sent it to Brett, and he's like, "What the hell's that?" I'm like, "That's right now." <laughs> like I was on, I was almost home when that race ended. But yeah, that's another story. So Brett, you you look like you had a great Texas race. Me? Yes. Um, yeah, I finished eleventh with a wrecked car, and we ran in the back for most of the day, and I watched that tire put on a race for four hours, five hundred miles, five hundred miles of it. Yep. That is the worst tire that Goodyear's ever made. I will go out on a limb and say that. I, I completely disagree. I think that's one of the best tires Goodyear's ever made because I run 108 laps on my right side yesterday. Yeah. So I think that's a, it's I too that good, was a pretty then. great. <laughs> you almost cost me a stage point. TJ and I ran around each other for a while, and, 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 and you know we were probably running 10th to 12th at the time. 
and we made uh, some some changes there during a green flag stop. And at this point, TJ has managed to get some track position, and, and he's running up there in the top three. I am in the 20s. and You're 24th, and, actually. And then let Blaney go. <laughs> um, and Blaney, and look, we raced Blaney hard, too. But TJ caught me. TJ was running second. I was running 24th, and for 20 laps, TJ could not pass me. And that's because of this tire. That's because of how good – this tire is to Freddie's point or how bad it looks on TV racing to, to my point. So we um, caught you and got stuck and we tried to pass you a couple times. Can't. And you, we couldn't. So here comes third, fourth, fifth, all lined up. So we had like a freight train building behind him, like, but you couldn't do anything and you couldn't afford to try to pass anymore because when you went down there and tried to make a pass, the guy behind you just fills the top. Kevin and, Hamlin and I were texting about it last night. The only passing we saw all day for the most part, was when guys caught a lap car and it bogged them down and the car behind them was able to get a run and drive That's by That's how them. we lost the lead. It's the only thing that made the race somewhat exciting was the cars in the 50s and the guy driving the buckshot number. I saw a couple times your guy just – was it Kenseth? He just drove into one and just shipped him up the track. Like, it's like, okay I – he was – we were like 20 cars in front of you guys and I was watching that battle because I knew Clint was better and I'm like, we're, we're going to just ride here the whole race, I guess, unless Clint gets around the 42. And he'd get to the bottom, get to the bottom – and Matt would race him hard, and finally Clint just got on his buffer and shoved him up out of the groove in one and two. It was probably the same thing, probably 15 to 20 yeah, laps of that. Forever. Kenseth had more damage than we had in terms of arrow-wise, and Clint just got tired of it. Literally, after he did it, he came out ready. I was like, I'm sorry I had to do that, but I'm tired of it. Like, <laughs> But unfortunately, that's what this tire and this package creates for a race. So you're saying I should have shipped you up the track? I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, I, I, how many times do you want me to say, hey, that's P2 behind you, he's cleared by seven. Yeah. And then we keep racing you. I mean, it's it's a decision. But I, I think Joey's raced everybody so aggressively over the past few years. Uh, I mean, even when there was one point in the race where we caught you, we actually ended up passing you for, for 10th or 11th at that point. But you were on our door, on our door, on our door. And I think like guys like Clint are probably like, F*** you, Joey, I'm done with you. I think that's probably what that was. I think Clint was like that to everybody at that point. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he was not having a good time. How about old Clint got his got the leaf blower on him there? What the hell was going on there? Was that a red – what? Was that just a pit stop? Did you see it? I sent the picture to you and Clinton last night. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know what when that was. I guess that was on TV. I don't Maybe know. that's when we lost all our track position. <laughs> hey, listen, we can't go back. I'm not going back out there until somebody cools me down a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of Texas, I just seen something roll by the shop window here behind you guys, and it was a nine car all tore to pieces. He had, he had another eventful day on Saturday, didn't he? I, had, I bet it was on casters. <laughs> it was on casters. <laughs> Because it was not going to roll. I mean, how do you do that? We, we talked about it last week on here. Just Noah being aggressive. Noah kind of not giving a hell, not giving a crap what anybody thinks about. And he goes out there, lap five, and just packs air all over the 18 and doesn't get off him until the 18 pounds the fence. I mean, I mean, at some point, some kind of common sense has got to come in here. I mean, and I, 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 I mean, at this point right now, I don't care how fast Noah is. He's almost got no shot at the championship because somebody is going to cost him this championship or a shot at the championship before the end of the year. We've talked about it. There's aggressive driving, and then there's over-aggressive driving where you actually make contact, and you send people to the wall. Man, That that's you can't keep doing that. You can race hard. There's a difference. I mean, I think so, don't you? I mean, I only can say what I've read for stats, and that that was that he's been involved uh, in, in 12 or 16 races. He's in, been involved in an incident or an accident. That's 75% of the time you buckle your seatbelts, you're hitting something. That's not okay. That's that's too much. That's too far. Yeah. You have people in this same building that we're sitting in that are mad at you 
probably people on your same team, literally, that are mad at you because of how you're racing people. So, you know, I, I mean, Dale Jr. now is in the booth, and he's having to address it. And, and from what I saw on Twitter, he was being very objective about it. Um, but maybe Dale Jr. realizes at this point that he's got to sit down with him and go, hey, dumbass, stop. That's enough. Yeah. I mean, you put Jr. in a spot where on TV he has to say, yeah, that's on Noah. You know what I mean? I mean, it was like, car. <laughs> what lap was that with the 18th? It's like five. Oh, it was early. I mean, you got a whole race to figure out. At one point, Clint was 24th, thought it was going to be the end of his day. 50 laps later, he's unlapped, gets way, you know, waves around Lucky Dog. I think he got a Lucky Dog. Lucky Dog. I, I was running 30th. I got to ask exactly. you. in the top 10 with exactly. like 10 to go. Yeah. I, I mean, look, we all, we all know what we – I got to ask you this about the, the, the thing. Maybe I wasn't on VDP, but so the caution comes DVD. out. DVP. Whatever the f- it's called. The caution comes out. <laughs> all right. I'm the lucky dog. My crew chief tells me we're on the damage policy. Okay, well, the rule is you can't be involved in the wreck and get the lucky dog. So I'm sitting there wondering, like, well, either I'm not the lucky dog and I got to fix my car, or I am the lucky dog and I could take all day to fix my car. And so I don't, maybe my crew chief had it wrong on that one, but I was sitting there going, I'm kind of confused. But that, my friends, was a wreck. That <laughs> on the front stretch? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was I, a plate style I think wreck. We're getting back I thought we were done because the 19 came straight across the track in front of me, and I thought he was going to T-bone us or we were going to hit him, and we somehow missed him. And well, we and had what, zero where contact. we were at on the spotter stand, we're typically above that and see can see holes. The uh, wreck, the wreck was coming, Casey, directly straight at us. at us. Like when Martin got turned head on into the wall, the first thing I see is his car coming at me, and I'm like, "Oh, they're wrecking. Good <laughs> luck." <laughs> There was cars at angles that you don't you normally don't see right there. But for a fan, like where I was sitting for a fan, like that would have been awesome. I mean, that was a great wreck for a fan sitting in, in that area. I I got an interesting stat from that wreck, basically. So Ryan Priest gets tore up in that wreck. He was right behind us. Finished last for the third week in a row. Three weeks in a row. How do you? How is that? I mean, this poor kid. I mean, and a lot of it, you know, Indy's not him. It's he's in the middle of that chain reaction deal on pit road wrecks. Last week he breaks a transmission running decent, you know. Last this week he's like we said, you know, a wreck like that happened. I mean, he was right behind me. I don't know, you know, just it's chain reaction. Maybe he needs fault. to get back on the show to get he, some luck. He pal drove us into the wreck and killed his own car. So I mean, but I feel so bad for this kid. I I mean, he is a hell of a race car driver and yeah. cannot get any luck. And I mean, I don't know when it's going to change for him. I hope it's soon. But I mean, <laughs> this is a kid that proved he can win races in in. And Gibbs equipment in their Xfinity cars. He's a kid that's proven himself, and you know uh, he's he's a great race car driver. I met Forrest Mars, who obviously was CEO Forrest of Forrest Mars. Forrest Mars, as in Mars oh, family. Mars, Mars, yeah. And, and there was a guy named uh, Mike Murphy that worked for him, who was the first non-Mars CEO in Mars history. And we were sitting down, and, and Elliot had made some. Uh, some some things had gone not our way, not necessarily in our control, but not our way. And, and they looked at him and they said, I don't know how you lost your last job, but I'm going to tell you how you're going to lose this one. <laughs> keep making these mistakes or keep being a part of this misfortune. I feel like that that applies to Ryan Priest here, whether it's your doings or not. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Priest has got to stop, and this is obvious. He's got to stop finishing you last. You know, last year at this Texas race, he was running top 10. Yeah. Like he ran top 10 and uh, was actually – Pretty competitive. Yeah, I mean he, I don't, he wasn't going to run top ten yesterday, but he was, he was solidly right around twentieth. You, like, you never, you never know. Yeah, like, and look, like, I, like I was saying, he was going to run top he, ten either. He was ahead of me, and and we ended up top ten, so he might have been. Yes. It, but you know, you stay out late in that, like them guys did. You never know like, what's going to happen. He could have got races. fuel only and won the race. Yeah, who knows. 
All right, well, before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hey, Brett, do you like convenience and control? Man, who doesn't? I love to be in control of whatever I'm doing. What if I told you that you could conveniently sell your home and stay in control of the process the entire time? TJ, I really like the sound of that. Tell me more. Well, if you were to sell your home, you could sell it directly to OfferPad.com. It's the perfect selling option for those who love convenience and control. You first submit your home to OfferPad.com by completing a quick five-minute form. Then OfferPad will carefully evaluate your home with local market expertise to provide you with a data-driven competitive offer. That's not all, TJ. OfferPad will make sure you don't disrupt your life during the process by eliminating showings. Continue to live your life in your current home as you prepare to make the move. In addition, OfferPad allows you to pick your own closing date and gives you the flexibility to change the date when needed. Man, that sounds easy. I want to sell, like, right now, immediately. How do I do that? I bet you do. You go to OfferPad.com today, fill out the five-minute form, and select the podcast option in the How Did You Hear About Us question. Spot on, spot on. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. First topic, Michael McDowell turns Bubba Wallace in the All-Star Open. Freddie, I know you have a lot Freddie to say Freddie can about just have one. all of our time. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I mean, <laughs> this deal here with, with Michael wasn't even the worst part about the whole thing, but, you know, it is what it is. He hooked us. I don't think there's any debate about that. He, I mean, it's, uh, I, 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 I put up a chicken emoji on there, and I wasn't calling Michael a chicken. I was just calling the move a chicken move to, to hook a guy straight into the fence, especially with a pick gate back there. But, um, you know, I understand it from Michael's point. He's frustrated. You got to, you know, you, you draw the pole. You got a 35-lap stage. You're thinking, you're going in the race thinking, man, I just got to get out front. And I, could probably, I could probably hang on. And they weren't good enough. And the, the first place, the second, Eric caught him for the lead, booted him out of the way. Okay, now you're even more frustrated. Ricky caught him for second, booted him out of the way. Now you're more frustrated. We caught him for third, booted him out of the way, and he hooked us. And and I get it. You're mad. So I mean, I don't know. I I, I would rather you, you kind of, you know, that that point in the race. I think it was lap ten or fifteen. You've thrown both of our races away. Now you took us out. You took yourself out. Now neither one of us have a chance to race for a million dollars. So I don't know. I mean, I I just thought it was pretty over aggressive for the for that point in the race. I was spot on for the whole thing because it made me look like a genius. I said on last week's show that the fan vote winner should be announced before the show oh, and should have should have been forward. Um, how do you know you didn't get the fan vote? Well, they said after the race, you guys had it the whole time. They they said that we were the overall fan vote winner. That yeah. could easily be spun. You think? Uh, I mean, I've I've done PR before. <laughs> that could easily be spun. Okay, so where are the where are the fan vote results? Are they live online now that we need to be able to see them to trust people? Like I I'm not buying into the whole thing. I'm, I just go back to what I said last week. If people took their time to invest and vote, and Clint was the true winner, announce them before the race. If Bubba's the true winner, announce them before the race. It's crazy that we had all of that drama around that incident based solely on whether or not Bubba was going to win the fan vote. When we both know. We all three know that Bubba was racing very aggressive to race his way in so that he didn't need the fan vote, but TJ, it really didn't matter at the end of the day. I think Bubba had a shot of racing his way in. I do. I mean, he's he's pretty good at Bristol, and he was uh, had decent track position, so I think Bubba had a good shot we, of racing his we way in. We were ahead of William. We, you know, we, were, we were passing him for third. William was fourth, and the way it shook out, William got the lead on the next stage. 
and, yeah. and won the stage. And uh, I don't think our car was really good. I don't think there's any reason why we couldn't have done that. But I was going to save this for the rant section, but I guess I'll just dive into it right now because I was pretty fired up about it. Obviously, obviously, Bubba's put himself kind of on an island here and, and kind of polarized himself to where you either love him or you hate him right now. And that's it is what it is. You know, you don't have to agree with what he says. I don't agree with a lot of stuff he says sometimes, but it, it is, you know, his opinion and he's always going to give it. And, you know, we had fans back at Bristol and they did the intros and I heard the boo birds come out and that's expected. That's fine. You, if that's your opinion. You can I'm boo. Used, I'm used to yeah, that, bud. You, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can boo him all day if you want to. But when a guy gets right hooked into the fence head on and you cheer for that, I heard a bunch of, I mean, I heard a eruption of cheers going down. If you're cheering for that, you're a piece of I mean, you're a full blown piece of and any you don't know what's going on in that car you don't know if he's hurt i mean we hit the corner of a pit gate so now you're gonna cheer if you want to i mean if you want to get out when he gets out all right great you want to then throw throw rains of booze at him and whatever but i mean if, if you're a person that can cheer when somebody gets hit into hits a wall head on that you have no place in this sport and i mean if you can debate it with me if you want i'm, I'm not hard to find you know where i'm at freddie craft on twitter freddie craft on everything I'm sure the people that will respond to me got dogs for profile pictures or 75 numbers in their name, but whatever. I mean, I just I, I can't understand how you can sit there and cheer for some cheer when you see a guy hit the wall like that. But we've always seen that. I, that's not just a Bubba specific thing. No, I mean, no, I'm not saying there this. was an error. I, I remember being a kid and, and seeing the same thing, man. When Earnhardt got re- everybody loved, loved Earnhardt, and then all of a sudden. It flipped, and everybody hated Earnhardt. And when he got crashed, people did the same thing. They erupted. You know, I mean, there were times at, at Bristol where, despite the fact that there were 43 cars out there screaming motors, you'd see Jeff Gordon get wrecked, and you would hear the the scream over the engines, you know, where people are erupting. And, and I don't know that they're cheering that Bubba got wrecked as much as they are just the excitement. But I certainly – it's definitely not just a Bubba thing. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not saying it. it's anybody, whether it's Kyle Busch. You know, I'm sure it's happened to Kyle Busch where, you know, I mean, we spun him out last, last year at Watkins Glen and the place went nuts. But, you know, when you see a guy pound the fence like that, yeah. it, I, I don't understand how you can cheer. I mean, it, this happens like – what happened at Kentucky? All guy wrecked and that uh, he collected that other kid and that other kid tweeted at him. Like thanks, Justin, and that's when you know it was coming out that Justin was yeah. not going to the hospital, even though it was unrelated to the wreck. Still, though, man, you don't I know mean, that. At you, the time. None of us knew that at the time. So, and I'm sure he didn't know either. Um, you know, you don't ever want to see. At the end of the day, after these races are over, man, everyone it's it's still a family. <laughs> it's still uh, everyone knows everybody, and you know, yeah, it, it's still a family. Really competitive on the racetrack, which is how it should be. I, that's what I tweeted last week. After that deal went McDowell on Wednesday, I was obviously I was irate. You know what I mean? To see that happen, take away a shot to win the race. But then I go back and look that night, and everybody's you know Michael Dowell's a piece of crap. Michael da- McDowell's in the way. He's always in the way. He's trash. I'm like, no, he's not. I mean, the guy's a nice guy. I mean, he's one of the nicest yeah. guys up there. I see him on the plane every week, and and he I don't know. I guess he just got reached you know the straw that I was the waiting, camel's back. I was really waiting for you uh, to. Tweet him, want to meet him at Applebee's. To go off now? I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, you know, that's, <laughs> you'd that's, want to meet him at Applebee's, that's for the man. drivers to, do, you know, duke it out. Yeah. I, I mean, if Rocky was a little bigger, I might have went down there and fought him, but I'm not, you know, he's, I, I wouldn't, he's, that's out of his weight class, I don't think. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't understand why you got to go take it to that level, but it is what it is. I mean, you, you kind of put yourself in that position. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. You know, like if, if I'm sitting here and I act like I don't work in this sport and I listen to everything you just said, if I'm in a boxing match and a dude gets knocked out, people cheer. 
You know what I mean? And you don't know if he's hurt or not. Yeah. You don't know if he's got a concussion or not. And yet, you know, if we've, if if Freddie and I were sitting above the Wild Wings and we had managed to have a little side bet on a UFC fight, we yeah. see somebody get choked out, like, we're going to cheer. I think it's just sports. Like, I, I know you're taking it personal because it's Bubba. I know that if it were Elliot or Clint or whoever, I would take it personal. Um I think it's just sports, man. I mean, when you see the dude come across the middle in a game and he gets nailed and he fumbles the ball up in the air and it's Steve Largent and he's laying there with his arms straight up in the air concussed, like people are still cheering the play on even though they want the guy to be okay. I think it's a, a lot of what we've talked about. Like 99% of people in this world are probably good. And, and it's a 1% of people that are complete idiots that are chicken crap and what you said. But like I, I don't think they mean any harm by it at the time. You're you're not wrong in what you're saying, but I think if if we put on our sports fan hats, like sometimes we probably cheered at things we should have cheered at too. The people that are cheering for the wrong reason, right there, are uh, you know there there's yeah. a like, if they're cheering if they're cheering ear will they're a hundred percent of people. If they're yeah. cheering for the excitement of the event, but still hoping that he's okay, and th- and that's the thing, man. Like we always now we think they're okay. You know what I mean? Like I mean when we watch guys like Denny Hamlin walk out of these wrecks, and what was the, Ryan Newman? I mean. We think they're okay, so it's it's. I I I don't disagree yeah. with what you said though. I'm just trying to give another side of it. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Yeah. Well, I do like how they turned it into uh, it being for a good cause, where there's a donation obviously involved now. Bubba has picked so. a lot of things to take a side on, and I've sided with him on some things. I've sided against him on some things. The flag, I 100% sided with him on because the Confederate flag doesn't have a a spot in, in our sport or in any sport anymore. Um, but but I think Bubba caught a lot of PR crap for bringing Jesus and God into the argument. And, and hey, I'm not Bubba's PR guy. I'm certainly not his attorney. I'm not anybody's attorney because I'm not an attorney. But if I were his counsel, I would tell him to make it about the racing for a little while. And I think that's what he did yesterday. A top 10 finish, solid day, stayed out of trouble. Uh, if he can go start doing those things, he can gain a lot of momentum as a race car driver. And I think that's where his brand needs to grow the most. Fox doesn't show the choose cone during the All-Star Night broadcast. Spot on, spot off. TJ. Spot off. It uh, could be a part of our future down the road. I don't know. Not really. Uh, I'm sure there's a reason why, but, I mean, that was a that's a big deal, man. You're picking your lane on a restart, you, you kind of pick your own – you pick your destiny at that point, and there was times where two guys, three guys line up on the top and a guy shot to the bottom. That That's a story. Hey, look at this guy. I mean, that that's something to talk about. I'd be wanting to talk about that. So I went from 12th to 9th, and I think that warrants a mention, you know, because that's all about the choose cone. I want to ask Freddie this question because Freddie and I are sports nuts. The broadcast partners aren't at the racetrack right now. NBC at this point does not intend to send their, bro- send their broadcast team to the track at all. So you're talking about Dale Jr., Steve Letart, Jeff Burton, Rick Allen. They're all doing this thing from a studio. Do you think them not being able to look out the window at the racetrack and see these things come down the pipe is affecting their ability to do a good job in some of these situations? I, I 100%, 100% yeah, think Yeah, so. absolutely. You know, I, and I think Dale even talked about it. Like, you know, especially um, Latart and Burton, you know, they like to have – they like – they're not watching. Like Dale said, I basically watch the monitor and call the race as people can see it. Latart and Jeff kind of watched what's going on on the racetrack. They like to see the guys come to pit road, how they got to pit road, like the battle between, uh, did they mention like the battle between Danny and Harvick at Indy? You know, one of them got to pit road better, got to, you know, switched to the, Danny got to the lead, you know. Um, but yeah, 100%. I just don't, I just don't understand how you don't show this. I mean, the fans have been begging for it. NASCAR made a pretty big deal about it. We've got all this hype behind the cone, and then you just come back from commercial and they're already lined up. And you're like, well, wait a minute. 
Now, now you've got to now the fan has to figure out themselves. I mean, they mentioned a couple times on the replay that I watched, but the fan's got to figure out himself. Okay, well, well, Harvick was leading; he's on the top. I think Chase was second. Now he's fourth. Uh, you know, Blaney was third. He's he's on the front row. Like so now, like they don't people don't even know what the hell just happened. You know, so I feel like that's got to be part of the broadcast. You know, all right, here we go. You know, here just a shot down the front straightaway. You know, a speed shot from the wall down the front straightaway. Here they're coming to the cones. They're going to pick right here. You know, oh, oh, that one went top. This one went top. This one went bottom. There's plenty of cameras up top aiming down at that area that you could easily. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't understand the, the thought process behind not showing it on television. But I think it – I don't know what you guys think about it. I thought it worked pretty much. I was surprised at the amount of people. I figured a couple guys would take the top behind the leader, but I was surprised at how often that happened. But you know, just giving up the front row. I mean, I, I was surprised as many people gave the front row, but it still didn't. I don't think I see, saw anybody gain more than two or three spots at a time. You know, I don't. I don't remember three guys ever lining up in the same row. That's the best the bottom has been at Bristol in a very long time. It it, it wasn't the old Bristol that people reference, but it raced a lot like the old Bristol. Very similar. It was so weird because I mean, I think you I think you tweeted something about this, but it was like you wanted the top on the restart, but after a lap, you wanted to be on the bottom. So it's like. What if you don't get clear? You know what I mean. So it's, I thought that's why we got some yeah, guys. Guys are the pin- bottom. You'd pinch the guy, and then the guy wouldn't be able to be in the gas off the corner, and he'd have to lift a little bit, and the guy on the outside have a run. So <laughs> they pinch him. Yeah, <laughs> pinch. I don't know how they reach across there and get him, but it was tough. <laughs> I just pinched TJ for those of you so, that are watching or listening on TV. I will tell you this though: it, you were able to maintain your position easier than you were. Um, at least you weren't. At least you didn't line up yeah. knowing you were at a disadvantage you automatically. Start third, knowing you were going to go to six. Yeah, yeah. So I did like that aspect um, of it, and and it and it helped for sure. The pit road stuff. You know, there's no there's no Thank stomping you. on your brakes. I heard somebody. Yeah. I, I saw a tweet on my way home that said like, uh, you know, somebody was calling counting cars off pit road. A spotter was counting cars off pit road. And he's like, I don't even know why I was doing that. Yeah. You know, there was the, just yeah. forgot because you're so used choose, to it. choose cone choose cone rest of the year short tracks only. Yes or no, Freddie. I I would be fine with you taking anywhere, TJ. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it, but you're you're going to get to a point where you're still going to count cars at some point because you're going to want that one extra spot. You never know. You don't ever want to be behind. Yeah, you if exactly choose cone rule. Yeah, you never want to be behind. That, never, but I mean, if you're one further spot up, you get you might get that shot at the front row. You might get that shot at you know what I mean. Like the I never want to be behind. Yeah, you're not going to count cars. I mean, you're going to you're not going to go you're going to be racing to the end of pit road. You're you want to you be, you pick sooner rather than later. Yeah, never, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. I, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. if there's four doors, I want to be yeah, able to yeah, pick no. first door. Yeah, you're first. never going to want to let a guy go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, hey, you got it from us, anonymous, unanimous, and anonymous, <laughs> anonymous. That, uh, that was none of us. We saying. all three vote yes to short track choose cone rest of the year. I voted for Eddie And Good. for that, NASCAR is going to say no choose cone because you guys are <laughs> probably right. No one passes one two finishers. Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick after they took two and zero tires with 26 to go at Texas. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Spot off for Childress, man. Uh, one, two finish is a big accomplishment. I read online they hadn't done it since 2011. Spot yeah, you spot uh, off. He said spot off. Well, let me finish talking. Spot on for Childress and spot off for the fact that these tires suck. They are absolutely terrible. You can you have got these guys out here on no tires and people behind them on four tires and they cannot pass them. This reminds me of the era when Ryan Newman made a name for himself with Matt Borland because of pit strategy calls. And we're we're back to where hey, give it hats off to Childress for for having great big balls. Uh, and 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 their crew chiefs did a phenomenal job. They got the every team in the field 
These guys ran anywhere from eighth. At one point, Tyler Reddick was two laps down. Tyler Reddick was racing with me most of the day. He was two laps down at one point. He finished his second. Uh, they outsmarted every single crew chief in this field. Anybody could have stayed out there. Some teams could have stayed out. There were some close on fuel, but they could have stayed out. Anybody could have took fuel only. If Harvick takes fuel only right there, who wins the race? Harvick. I mean, it's if Logano takes fuel only, Logano, like, Wow. I saw where Joey said, obviously, spot on RCR. We're kind of one of the RCR affiliates. That's that's good for our deal. Uh, I saw where Joey said somewhere, like, he came off pit road, like, behind him. Were you third or fourth off pit road? He's like, all right, these guys are sitting ducks. I'm, third, I'm, yeah. You know, we restarted like, third. He's like, I'm good. I, I got these guys. And they just, I mean, they didn't check out, but yeah. you couldn't touch them. Kyle got a great restart behind the eight in the outside lane, which sucked for us because <laughs> he pushed him so far up there. And, I mean, I thought we could push to three, but – we were struggling in turn four. We It took us about six, eight laps to get off the splitter in turn four. And uh, finally, by like, we needed about a, we needed about a six lap run at the end there. And I, I think we could have got back up there, but man, it's just so hard. We had to, you're never going to be able to catch him guys when you race a guy like Kyle. Kyle knows what he's doing. He's really good and he's not going to give up anything. Nobody should at that point, but that's just what Austin wanted to see. Yeah. He wanted to see us back there racing with Kyle and, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, Spot off. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. You talk about Crucci is making a great call. Did you see Richard Childress's tweet last night, or Richard Childress' comments? It was I saw the tweet with his comments in it. So he says, uh, "I mean, this. I mean, this kind of rubbed me the wrong way." I was way. wondering why I, Brett said the Crucci's made the call. Yeah, because yeah. Childress comes out, puts on his in his post race interview. Yeah, so I was back in the RCR command center, and we made the, the command center made the call to not put tires on. So you just kicked your two Crucci's square in the balls, like. Wow. Like, yeah, we were back in the command center, and we like, the, the call to put no tires and two tires on came from the command center. So it's either – I don't know if he's patting himself on the back, patting whoever's in that – Andy Petrie or whoever's ever in there competition-wise, Eric Warren. There was uh, only one call that was going to give you a chance to win the race, yeah. and they made the call. I mean, I, I, I listen, whoever made the call, great, but you don't need to come out publicly and, and just say that was me that, or us that made that call, not the crew chiefs. Like I wouldn't have put it past those crew chiefs to make that call themselves. Oh, no. So I mean, so I, RCR has a – they have a program, and we've talked about it on here, that kind of tells you what to do. You know, and I don't know if they followed that this time or not, but they literally have a program that says, you know, if this, in this situation with whatever, 18 to go, you do two and this much fuel or none and this much fuel or no fuel and whatever, two tires. So, I mean, that, that might have been based off of that. Maybe that's the command center the call came from. But, I mean, yeah, the tire yesterday was Can you awful. imagine Siri's voice telling you what to do over the radio? <laughs> <laughs> in this situation, you are going to take fuel only. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, Coochie. I mean, Here's your quarter million dollar bonus you, for that win. Talk about right. like how ridiculous the, the tire was yesterday. So we come down pit road. I don't even know where we were. We were probably tenth or eleventh. And uh, hello, Freddie Kraft. Only take two tires on this restart. <laughs> Press clear if, for one. If it was my deal on Twitter, if it was my series, we'd be coming down pit road. We'd go. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? <laughs> you know, it'd be, we'd be drive through the box. But uh, so you know, you know, we're coming down pit road there at the end, and and Jerry says. Well, the fastest we've been all day is just on left sides. So, I mean, we're not even, we can't put four on because we're faster with just left side tires. I mean, yeah. the tire was so screwed up yesterday. Like I said, hey, we ran a hundred. Hey, that was a nice block you threw. <laughs> we're going to be listening to this <laughs> the rest of the show now. Brett, yeah. Brett cracks himself up with something. He doesn't stop saying it. <laughs> I got tickled right there. Dear uh, Casey, it is time to move on. <laughs> hey, you.
Quinn Huff, Rex trying to pit from the pit, middle of the track pit and now. tweets and a <laughs> tweets an apology video from his account with the username P1 Huff. I don't know why we put the username in there. We do, there's a very good reason we put the username in there because it says P1 Freddy Huff. Spot on, spot off. Oh, so anyway, spot on, spot for on. Me, yeah. Help me get a great, help me maintain great what, track what's position. The, what's, <laughs> the, what's the what's the uh, yeah? I mean, honestly, spot on for me. Uh, it, it helped yeah, me shut, too. It shuffled you out there too. But I mean, so listen to this. Here's here. I don't know if I told you guys this yesterday or not. So I'm rolling in in the morning, and we use Starcom Food Service as our cook in the infield. You know that Andy Combs. Andy's a great chef. I mean, this guy, he's unbelievable. He makes great food, best I've ever had in the infield anyway. Um, so I'm rolling in yesterday. I stopped by Andy to see what he's got because he's there right outside the tunnel there. And Andy's like, ah, I got pork chops, mac and cheese. I'm like, ah, it's 100 degrees outside. I'm probably just not going to eat anything. So – that's really good for your body. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if you can notice, but I'm working on pretty good reserves over here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Andy goes. I don't know who's. Everybody's got masks on over there, so I don't know who the hell's who. So Andy, as I'm talking to him, goes, "Hey, you need to stop making fun of my boy right here on your show every week." It was Quinn Huff. It was Quinn Huff, and I'm like, he didn't listen. I said, "Well, your boy needs to stop doing stupid, <laughs> and we won't make fun of him no more." And I don't think he got that advice because. <laughs> My God! And listen, he, listen, he, and I'll I'll say it here. He put a lot of it on his spotter when I was there. He, he said, did? I, he said, ah, oh, you know, I, sometimes I don't get information on a. Oh, but yesterday, I don't care what information you had. If you're in the third lane and you, I, he said, oh, I don't have. He said, what the what happened last night was or what I heard last last night. He told a diff, couple different people, Tom and the drivers, Tom Ligament spots for him, and Quinn Huff driver both said that the crew chief called him to pit road. He was into three already, and he just pit. And the kid said, I don't have a left-side mirror, so I didn't see if there's anybody down there. Well, there's three cars in your mirror, in your rearview mirror, getting into three. So you should know that you can't come from the spotter stand and turn four out there where MRN is and just hang a left and come to pit road. Like, you, you cannot be that unaware. It's not possible. And if NASCAR does not step in soon – this kid is going to hurt himself. He's going to hurt somebody else. He pounded the fence yesterday after that deal. I mean, somebody with some kind of sense has to step in here and save this kid from himself. This is why uh, communication, like, I don't know why they had to pit that quick or what the emergency was, but this is where, you know, a lot of teams, when the crew chief wants to drive around pit road, he goes through channel two um, to the spotter, and then it becomes the spotter's job to get that driver there. And obviously you see there's, there is like strategy and safety to it at the same time. Like, okay, well, you know, to play race, Hey, we're getting close to our, we're getting close to guys start working to the bottom here. Um, Cause you can't pit from the second lane. And this is where, you know, the, the crew chief probably needed to go to the, the spotter and be like, Hey, I need him. I need him as soon as you can get him down here, you know, and then it becomes a spotter's job to get that guy safely to the bottom Um but it, sometimes on these other deals, you got crew chiefs that, that that'll just, you know, key up. Hey, pit, pit now, now I need you now. Like, what's the big emergency? Does he have a tire going down? What's the big emergency? Yeah. You know, I mean, he knows if he has a loose wheel or a tire going down. I mean, what couldn't have waited one extra lap right yeah, there? The crew chief should never be the one, especially if he can't see the car. Like, I'm fine with my, uh, Jerry if we're going down a front stretch and Jerry wants to key up and go. You know, if we're going by him and start finishing, he wants to key up and say, "All right, yeah, but we'll come this time. time." That's fine. 
But like, if you can't, if you're a crew chief and you can't see your car, so that's why just go through the spotter. I'm kind of, I'm not like defending him, but like he was without, you know, that info. And if the crew chief's just on there screaming, you if you're into three already and the crew chief's yelling pit, you know, and the guy, the kid's just listening to the crew chief because that's what he. I mean, you listen to the crew chief, but yep. that's what I'm saying. Like you can't, like, boy, this guy's full of excuses. You need to have more he's, awareness he's, than he's that. He's blaming the spotter. He's blaming his mirror. He's blaming the late notice. Hey, Quinn Huff, by the way, I didn't know what you looked like until last night when you put your video out, so you're actually a pretty cute kid. We, we are so cute <laughs> what the, what that we say? invited you onto the show today to tell your end of the story. You invited him on? We invited him on. I sent him a tweet, and I said, hey, man, we'd love to have you on to tell your side of the story. But I want to tell you this. In this situation, you have to be more aware. You have to know a car's inside of you. And if you don't know a car's inside of you, because you don't have a mirror, that's one thing. If you don't know a car's inside of you because your spotter's not telling you, that's another thing. You can fix that situation. If you're being told down the backstretch to pit, you wave your hand and you get to the bottom of the racetrack. It's like they opened a crossover gate and you were coming back from Chick-fil-A across the street and they told you to, hey, man, we got 40 cars out here running wide open. Try to shoot across the racetrack here and get in the hey, infield. Chick-fil-A you can't pit from the top bro. lane, dumbass. It doesn't matter at what point of the race this is. You have to get to the bottom in order to pit. We fight for the bottom down the back to run the bottom of three and four to pit. So your unawareness is on you. You're holding the steering wheel. You're holding the brake. Oh, by the way, you've got another huge mirror in your car that allows you to see a lot of what's going on. So if you don't know what's going on, man, that's on you. You're wrecking every single week. That's still on you. Chick-fil-A was closed yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you, you cannot – this cannot <laughs> – So was this guy's brain. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I really, really don't like to pile on the kid. But yeah, he we should just go to the next question. He leaves you no choice. <laughs> Yeah, let's change the topic. By the way, Quinn, change your Twitter handle. Casey, yeah. do you know what P1 stands for in racing? Why are you? I'm asking you a serious question. You <laughs> said you didn't understand why we yes. said it's Twitter handle. Yes. Okay, what does it stand for? Number one. It, number position. one. Number one position. It means position one is in you're the leader. Yes. Okay, how many times have you seen Clint, Quinn Huff P1? That's why his Twitter handle is in this question. Next question. I wanted to play. I forgot about this. Well, I wanted to play a little game here. Might have left GoPro P1 once. So, Quinn Huff, <laughs> I looked it up last night. Kyle Larson ran four races. Quinn Huff has run all of them. Kyle Larson has 121 points. Quinn Huff has 88. Do we think, before the playoffs start, that Quinn Huff can catch Kyle Larson? Oh. How many races we got? Eight? Eight. Eight. He's going to get four a race. He's going to get three or four. He got three yesterday. Ooh. We're we'll have taking to, an over under. We'll, we'll have to. We'll have to. No. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> so you run twenty six races, and this guy ran four. four. Huh. <laughs> I don't think he gets there. <laughs> wow. I mean, we'll have to track that. We'll have to get our uh, fantasy statistician there to, yeah. to track that for us. But yeah, it'll be fun to follow along. All right, I'll repeat the question. <laughs> Spot on, spot off. Denny Hamlin says, I love the Smith family, but they go rogue sometimes when it comes to thinking they're in the competition business. Spot on, spot off. Brett. Spot on. Uh, I, I think these racetrack promoters have, have put themselves into the competition business more so than what they need to be. And I say that because when we got to Kentucky, they had put down PJ1 overnight and didn't tell a single soul. They need to be worried about selling tickets. They need to leave the surface that has already been laid and the tire that has already been built and the car construction that has already been made, they need to leave it up to brighter people to be making these decisions. I, I, I'm not a fan of adding more grip. We've taken away the high groove at a lot of these racetracks 
like Texas yesterday. I mean, we used to see these guys run the wall at three and four as as the runs went on, and you couldn't run anywhere yesterday but right in the PJ one. I mean, it's a one groove racetrack. The only thing making it exciting is lap cars and Quinn Huff wrecking at the end. I mean, he saved the day for NASCAR in terms of making this exciting. So they normally don't put anything on Kansas, do they? That's an ISC track, NASCAR track now. Um, I, I, I don't think, think they no. do. You know, this, I don't think this, they this do. Is, this PJ one is more of a Bruton Smith track thing. Like sometimes it's sometimes it's place. Like the racetracks can be good when racetracks get character. Like Kentucky used to have a lot of character. It used to we used to, it used to be really like Texas the same exact way. I used to love going there and watching them guys sling around the top after the tires would wear out, and you know that's where they would find their grip. I remember watching McMurray run there, and I know. Um, you know, everybody thinks about Dell Jr. and them guys being really good at running the top back then. But, man, McMurray McMurray was better at it than what a lot of people gave him credit for as well. He was usually one of the first ones to really enter high, right again, like not even leave the wall on entry, like like Chase at Homestead. Chase was not even turning off the wall at Homestead. I mean, I'd watch him go into the corner and be like, oh, gosh, is he going to hit and it? And wondering how do they do that? How do they do that? Like these racetracks have character. Uh, Michigan, same way. We've had some great races back back in the day. And Atlanta, Atlanta is one of the places that made a great decision. You know what? This place is really hard to drive, but we're going to leave it. It's a great racetrack. Atlanta is one of my favorite racetracks just because of, man, look at it. It wears out. It's rough. It's it's hard to get grip. When these guys don't have any grip, we have great racing. Man, I, I hate it for them. You know, I mean, you look at the worst three races we've had this year. Charlotte, Kentucky. The Texas, you know, Indy. <laughs> it, well, Indy, but Indy's always pretty bad. Um, but and, and those are all they've got something in common. They're all SMI tracks, and and I hate it for them, Marcus, and them guys because I feel like they They're do trying. the best they can to put you know enhance the fan experience and and put on the best show. And 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 right now their racetracks just don't jive with this package. And now you're now you you try to do something with this PJ one to help it. And you really almost make it worse to where now yeah. you have to run in the PJ one. You can't move around at all. So I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, obviously it's pretty fresh pavement on Texas, pretty fresh pavement on Kentucky, but Charlotte's worn out and we still, you know, this package doesn't work there for whatever reason. So, I mean, there's got to be another way at these tracks to make the track have less grip in certain areas. Like, I, I don't remember I, I when think they... they've experienced that. You know, I heard when Marcus was on Dale's show. He talked about you know using different kinds of asphalt and different you know different grit and stuff, trying to trying to or not you know when they pave the track, not polish it at the end so it's not as smooth as it is you know maybe when they repave somewhere else you know. Yeah. But I just it's just not helping right now for whatever reason you know. And you look at a place like Charlotte, whatever you know for whatever reason Charlotte's is black as the ace of spades forever. You know what I mean? Like what I don't know what they did there, but it doesn't look, you know, places we go, other places we go pave. It's like, it's fresh asphalt for a year. And then it's weather. The next time you go back, it's, you can see it lightening up and turning gray yeah. where Charlotte's as black as it, you know, as ever was. I don't, I, so I don't know. I, just, I hate it for Marcus and them. Cause I don't want to say they go rogue. I don't think they're trying to hurt the sport. Obviously they want their uh, racetracks to put on the best show, uh, but I mean, I think Denny's saying going rogue is is they go do it and they don't consult with yeah. NASCAR, they don't consult with any drivers, they don't consult with any owners, they don't consult with manufacturers. Saturday night they decide, hey, let's go put some more traction compound and add seventeen percent more grip to this one lane. That's kind of going rogue. Oh yeah, I mean, hundred yeah. percent. They they're I mean, like we talked about last week, you said it last week. You know, you're at that point, you're it's it's your facility, you're putting on the show, you're not you're not 
in in charge of what goes on on the racetrack. I'm That's not NASCAR sure you can ask too. the drivers either because every single driver is going to have a no. different opinion on what fits them best. So I, yeah. I think, but the drivers obviously help. I think you know you saw where you saw where they got they helped out Phoenix. They put the the, the PJ one a lot better. You know, drivers went to him and said that that's where you put it is useless. We need it down lower. I think we should ask Quinn it. Huff. Yeah, he want to do the whole track. He'll say we, we should make rights. But Dale Earnhardt used to sit at the back of that NASCAR truck a lot of Saturday afternoons after happy hour. Matthew Dillner's seen it happen. He'd go walk in that truck because he didn't like the way something was going. And he and Big Bill had a good enough relationship to where they knew that they both wanted the same thing, which was the best for the sport, not the best for an individual. And we miss that voice right now. We don't have that voice in a garage. We haven't had it in a very long time, probably since Jeff Gordon hung up his helmet. You know, we've had guys that can go out there and throw fits like Kyle Busch and try to use the media to get his point across. But we don't have a big Bill Dale Earnhardt relationship in that garage right now. Old Kyle Busch. You see that quote yesterday? <laughs> what did he say? How did he got? How did somebody drive through the grass like that? Well, he said something, yeah. Just, you know, how'd you do that or something? It's just yeah. KFB, but <laughs> Then took a drink. <laughs> KFB. You know what that means. I don't yeah. know what that stands for. Yeah. Kyle <laughs> Bush. I actually like that. He's finally doing something with his brand that I like. KFB. It's pretty funny. Hey, we got a hell of a battle for the playoffs right now. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Jam is, the, I think Jimmy Jam's last one in, and then oh, the 14th. Yeah. yeah he, and, uh, yeah, 14th or 15th. I think he's 15th. Cause, 15th and in. Austin's in. No, Speaking Austin's Speaking of Jimmy, he was oh, fast yesterday, man. Yeah. Jimmy had a good car. He was real fast right up until he wrecked it. Did he hit the wall by himself? Did he? I don't know. I don't either. Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services. Free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. All right, let's hit the gas and jump into Fastlane. Let's see who's bringing some Xfinity speed this week because we're going to fly through six questions in 10 seconds. First question, who was at fault for the big wreck on lap 219 following the restart? Freddie. I uh, started with Blaney getting loose off of four, kind of bunched everybody up. We were all over each other down the front stretch, and it looked like the 10 hooked the 18 into the 19, turned him in front of everybody. Freddie just answered it, so I don't I don't see where I can. I, I think the, the, the key here is I saw um, Christopher Bell nail us from behind after we blocked him or stood up in front of him or got tight or whatever. It was really hard to wreck the car, so to, to see these guys wrecking, it had to be some pretty pretty hard contact. I think the last time I saw a wreck like that at the second double is when Dale Jr. drove through the grass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I finished he, watching the rest of that race on my couch at home. Say, I think he tried to get out of early that day. That was a rain oh, out, we too. Did, we did get out of there early. Yeah, like lap one. That was a rain out. It was early. Question number two. The all-star race lasted a total of 44 minutes. Was it too short? TJ. Um, I think some of the stages might have been a little short. I think you can lengthen some of them up a little bit. There's good race in there. Um, I think it could stand to be a little bit longer because that lets guys' cars come in, tires and stuff, play a little more. Ready? Yeah, I mean, for sure the last stage needs to be longer. You need, you need to have an option to pit there. There's there's no there's it's a no-brainer to stay out on with 15 laps if you're Chase Elliott. So you need to have some kind of option yeah. to pit there. All-Star right. race started at 7 uh, and was over at 10. 
So I'm not All-Star real sure. All-Star started at 9. I'm not real sure what this – I was still there at 10, and I started at 7. The and All-Star I was in the All-Star race. Open. Well, that's so, not the All-Star well, That's your own uh, problem. Uh, Look, man, 44 minutes is freaking awesome. Anytime you can turn on something and it be exciting for 45 minutes, that's that's killer. That's perfect. Should the All-Star Race return to Bristol next year, or where should it go? Martinsville. Good luck getting him to give that one up. TJ. Uh, Short track somewhere, Martinsville, Bristol, um, any short track. We can go to South Boston. I'd love it. SMI is not giving up the all-star race for one. It's got to be local. You don't want these guys traveling to run 20 laps in the open. So Charlotte, Bristol, Atlanta, move it around. Atlanta. Charlotte. Quarter mile. There are. Any of them. Sonoma. We got a Sonoma. <laughs> Sonoma. That might be the dumbest thing I've ever sure. heard you say. What? <laughs> you want to go somewhere? I mean, it doesn't matter for you because you're in it, but you want to go. You want these guys to travel somewhere, take all their <laughs> to damn Atlanta or wherever. I want, it, I want an exciting all, race. All this side, TJ. Seriously, I got a question. If you're Rick Ware Racing, why did you go run the All Star? You have Open? to. You have to. Every charter team has to run the All Star race. You have to. Well, what about them other guys that weren't All Star that aren't aren't charter teams? They yeah. they didn't go run them. No, they weren't there. I don't think they didn't go. So if you're a charter team, you have to run the Open. Wow. Yes. The dog there out of the house. house. There you have it. <laughs> learned something every day on here. Even I learned yeah. something. I learned Freddie can make a dumb comment. I mean, I would Go love ahead. to go to. I would love to go to Martinsville. How are you going to talk Marcus Smith into giving up the All Star race? Uh, Give him something else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Let me know how that works <laughs> out for you. I tell you what, you, if, if you own NASCAR and you're privately owned now, you can do whatever you want. You tell Mark Smith pound sand. I would love it at Atlanta. I think Atlanta would be a great race to where it's. I mean, it's, I think Atlanta would be better than Charlotte. It's like I watched Matt Weaver. Oh, yeah, I think it was Matt Weaver, Matt Weaver, Jason, that put that tweet out saying that uh, Ray Evernham and Tony Stewart series doesn't. Uh, compete with NASCAR? <laughs> Matt, you're smarter than that, dude. If they put this race on CBS in the middle of a NASCAR race, they're competing with them. You have former NASCAR crew chief, former NASCAR driver. You're going to have former NASCAR drivers, all-star, all-stars champions, Daytona 500 champions in these cars racing. That series 100% is going to compete with NASCAR if they keep it going. I think that's. I think his point is they're, they have said they're not trying to compete with NASCAR. Yeah, and I don't right. think they're going. I think they're I, no. I think they're going to make it IROC. I think it's going to have Cup guys in the race. Yeah, but I think um, this is a different. I don't know. We could talk about it at some other point, but this is just a different type. I, I would hope they wouldn't put them on the same time as a race and make a fan choose from that. But um, I like the looks of the series. I think well, but there's Xfinity and truck races on Friday and Saturday, so they've got to pick a day. That's right, Casey. That's right. Going to have to race one of these seven days a week, aren't you? It's only seven to pick from. Right now, we're racing on, like, five of them. How cool would it be to turn on the TV, like, on a Wednesday or Wednesday night or something and watch them guys run, even Monday night? And I think that's key to this week for us going into Kansas. And I don't want to get off on a big tangent because I know this show's taking forever. But this is the first Thursday night race we've ever run scheduled. And our Wednesday night ratings for Cup were not what I was hoping. But I've seen Monday night Xfinity Series racing do extremely well. And that's when the NFL plays, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. I got to think there's a reason for that. This Thursday is a big, big sign for us in the future. If we have good ratings on Thursday, it opens up a lot of options. It's a great racetrack, too. All right, save it for the rant. Question number four. There are no plans for any series to practice before the Daytona Road Course race in August. <laughs> Should NASCAR reconsider this decision? Freddie. Let me tell no. you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you were at the ro- if you were at the Roval test, you would say we need practice. 
Brett. I think this is I think this is a logistics issue. There's so many series and so few days. I don't know how you have time. <laughs> and and I don't know that we have enough cars to practice, Freddie, because at the Roval, we tore up a lot of cars. I think they're going to just save it and let it be exciting and tear them up that first lap of the race. I'm all for it, man. Uh, let's, let's facts here. Most of these guys are going to have simulator time, which is really close uh, to the, the what the real track's going to be. So um, It didn't matter. They had simulator time at the nah, Roval, too. Honestly, though, this and there's is, five of them done in the first hour. This is just building the hype up for that race, man. This is just building the hype, man. Which guy's going to sell it off down in there? I, I hope I, it's great, man. I would love to know, and maybe Jason can pull stats on this, I would love to know what percentage of cup drivers have experience on that course. It's not many. No. It used to be yeah, a lot. It used to be a lot. And right now, many. in this field, it's probably it not It might a lot. only be Kyle. Hey, dude, uh, Kyle just, got done. Kyle just got done running the 24-hour race. Kyle's running it. Clint's running it. Jimmy's running it. Um, yeah. You're, you're going to have guys in the field that have certainly run the 24-hour, but it'd be, it'd be cool to see who they are. Gosh, Cindric, Cindric and AJ are going to have a battle. Yeah. Cindric, <laughs> he's going to be Question tough. number five. Will we see a third consecutive driver win their first race of the season Thursday night at Kansas? TJ. Depends on the tire. Depends on, you know, your the four is going to be fast. The 11 is going to be fast. Uh, you're going to have your fast guys, but it depends on when the cautions fall. I hope so. This is what made the points so exciting a few years ago. You know, you literally had to be, I think, top 10 in points to make it into the playoff because we had so many winners that were back in the standings. And we're, and we're right back there doing it now. You know, uh, Custer clearly out of the top 16. Austin right on the fringe of the top 16. Uh, it's what makes the playoff discussion exciting. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy like 18 was pretty – he was he was fast again yesterday, so he could be another first-time winner. But it's just going to be the way the race plays out. These guys that have been winning are not dominant by any means. They're just right place, right time. Off the wall question. A dog disappeared in Kansas and turned up at its old home 50 miles away. Have you ever slept somewhere and not remembered where you were when you woke up? Brett, please say. <laughs> oh, my God. From 1993 to 1997 in Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Dillner looking at me for? I don't know TJ. Of course, yeah, but mine are – I could probably count mine on one hand, but I guarantee these two right here probably had that many in one year. One week. <laughs> nah, it's never happened to me. Next. <laughs> hey, I woke up wondering where Freddie slept before, so I know damn good well he didn't know where he was. <laughs> when Freddie retires, we'll tell you the real stories. <laughs> I don't think I'll remember by then. I wish I could tell you the stories. I don't know what happened. <laughs> The only thing faster than fast lane was Kevin Harvick because he scored this week's Xfinity fastest lap at Texas. I know something faster. Lay it on us, TJ. You know we're talking about Xfinity Internet. They're the chance of keeping you connected with all the action plus exclusive NASCAR content. If you're not already, be sure to give them a follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. Speaking of champs, Xfinity is supporting the selfless champions of the NASCAR community with the Comcast Community Champion of the Year program. It's incredible to see the work being done in our sport by so many, even seeing Joey being recognized in 2018. Comcast has been so supportive and invested over $600,000 in charities highlighted over the years. Can't wait to see who will be honored this year. If you know someone in NASCAR doing awesome things in the community, head over to ComcastCommunityChampion.com and submit your nomination today. 
AskDBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. This question is from Money 10 What are your thoughts on Kozlowski saying drivers should be able to graduate into this level and also be removed for repeated issues? I'm, TJ. Uh, it's kind of hard to remove a guy once you get there. Um, because, I mean, if you get to the Cup Series, you've obviously either got sponsorship or sold – You know, so, It should not be hard to remove a guy. You, Quinn Huff right now should be removed. Well, he and, and they've done this in the past. Where well, be honest, should he be there in the first place? No, he should not be there. That's in the what first I'm saying. Place. Should he have graduated there in the first place? Obviously, obviously, Ooh, he, he should not have been be approved. Tough today. Now we've seen this in the past. If you, I think it was our, I can't remember if it was Canaan or it was Xfinity. Guy wrecked like twice in practice. They went to him and said, "Hey, bud, guess what? You're not racing today." Like, and that's unfortunately for Quinn, that's what they need to do right here. This kid cannot be on the race. You should not be out on the racetrack learning how to race in a cup race. If you're not aware enough to know that you shouldn't pit from the third lane, you have no position on the race. He just hasn't put his time in in the other series, in the truck series, and the Xfinity series. I mean, he's made very minimum starts. But, but to to Brad's other point, you you can't just graduate a guy. It's all right, Brett, you've run top five every Xfinity race. You're in a cup car now. Well, what am I driving? I don't know. What? What? Where? Yeah. Where's the money coming from? Like, so obviously you can't just graduate a guy to the Cup Series, but you can 100. percent If a guy is going to wreck every week, there's a couple of them out there that I could say you should take and go. All right, you are not ready for this. You're going back to Xfinity, or you're going back to truck, or you're going back to a late model at a short track. Before so, learn how to so race. So, Freddie, this is your son, and I'm just speaking hypothetical. I'm not speaking directly to this guy's situation because I don't know it. But this is your son. And you paid a million dollars for him to get this ride, and then they tell you your son can't drive it anymore. Then what are we going to do? It's too bad. You have to have the approval process to graduate them up to yes. start with, which we used to have. We used to have an approval process where you had to run a big ARCA track in order to get to run a big truck track. Then you had to run a big truck track to get qualified for a big Xfinity Series track. And you had to go run Bristol to get approved for Phoenix. And you had to run you know, Phoenix to get approved for – Charlotte, Charlotte to get approved for Michigan, Michigan to get approved for Daytona. Now we don't have those credentials in place for these guys to pass these tests. So, therefore, when they get in these tests in these high-level series, they're failing these tests, and it's putting a mockery around the show that we're trying to put on for the other guys that are out there that deserve to be there and the other sponsors that deserve to be there. They still have this approval process, but the problem is the approval process is only this. I've, I've spotting some of the back marker teams that I've done in the past with, you know, the, the 20 truck last year, you know, lower budget stuff. They get some of these guys that need to get approved for certain tracks. All they tell them is don't crash. If you go out there and don't crash, you're good. You, you, you can get through this Phoenix truck race. Now you're approved for this homestead truck race. If you can get through this homestead truck race without wrecking, you're proof for everything. They going to Daytona next year. So you have to have, it can't just be go out there and don't crash because you can just ride around there. Have to, I mean, some of these guys can't. I don't know how he did before, but you know, you can't just have an approval process where it says, "All right, just go out here and ride around and, and don't crash, and we're going to approve you for the next race or the bigger track." It has to be. You have to be competitive at some level. Juan Montoya was the first driver that I recall showing up and being approved to run the Daytona 500 with zero Cup starts. And let me tell you something: he deserved that. Yeah, he's an Indy 500 champion. He's a he's a you know. IRL champion. He's a Formula One eight-time winner at this point in his career, I believe. Maybe he didn't win that many races, but I think that's right. Nonetheless, he warranted an approval. But we're giving these other guys approval 
without that man. You used to be able to run up to seven races the year before your rookie year, and that was to qualify you to make it into the Cup Series and for you to be eligible to run the Daytona 500. You had to show up and check the boxes off. Now the boxes are, are you approved? Check yes or no. Yeah. I mean, it used to be the ABC program. You know, you had, used to Arca, run ARCA to Bush. get to Bush to Cup. You know, and, and you had to be – they didn't just take a guy out of ARCA and stick him in a Bush car. You know, it was somebody that had to run good in ARCA, and then he would get to Bush car. You know, then the Bush guy would go to a Cup. But – Seven wins for Montoya. I, but, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, just the Like people were talking about yesterday about how these guys shouldn't be out there. And, listen, they should be out there 100% because there's people that make a living working for these race teams and getting the race cars ready, and these team owners are making money. This is a profitable business for them, even though it looks ridiculous. Some of them are way off the pace, but they, they're making money, and they're supporting a lot of employees that make a living on these cars. So these guys should be out there, and most of them do a pretty good job. B, you know, we talked about B.J. McLeod. You know, Garrett's pretty good about getting out of the way. You know, there's guys out there that can that can manage to be on the racetrack. J.J. Yaley, Reed Sorensen's kind of a headache sometimes, but he doesn't wreck you. Um, but, you know, these guys can, can be on the racetrack and not tear equipment up. But when you have a guy that does this every week, whether it's running into a guy on pit road, piling into a wreck, turning left from the third lane to come to pit road, you know, at some point somebody's got to step in and say, okay, bud, you're not ready for this. He proved he wasn't ready at Talladega when he kept blocking everybody and he got turned head on in the wall. I mean, you just don't do that with a car that's 20 miles an hour off the pace. That'll happen. I think we've <laughs> ran it enough. Yeah, I think we've uh, you've talked our ears off today. We do so need, we do need one thing, gonna... though. I'm telling you guys on the business side, we need this 2021 schedule out for all three series because I'm working with drivers and working with sponsors and we're trying to put the pieces together. We don't know what we're selling. We don't know what fan experience we're selling. We don't know what VIP experience, what VVIP experience, what mobile marketing, what hospitality. We don't even know the schedule. So if you're listening to this show and you have influence, the 2021 schedule, it would be great to be able to get our hands on it because there's a lot of us that are pushing inventory. Um, and, and, man, it would be nice. I don't really care about my travel schedule, but I do care about how I'm going to make a living next year, and that schedule would certainly help me do that. Well, you're not spotting? I didn't say that. I just said it'd be nice to know <laughs> I, I've got something to sell here. It's it's hard, man. It's uh, just imagine you don't know what uh, the yeah. schedule is for next year, and you're trying to sell inventory. I'm and looking to forward to the that. schedule, though. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Can you make it come out? Nah. <laughs> uh, duh. Okay. Hey Siri, we need a new schedule. We've got breaking news and DVC picks. Yeah, it's breaking news. Yes, TJ, you won something. Good job, For the TJ. third time this season, trying to reflect how the Buffalo hey. Bills will perform this fall. I was cheering for you. I need you to win. You know what, Jason? Your time is coming. I'm I, just, I, if I'm Jason, I'm not talking a lot of trash about the Bills because <laughs> at least the Bills have a quarterback. Yeah, I'm just waiting. Cam Newton is a quarterback. Cam Newton is not even going to start. <laughs> Jason, you're a normal Patriots fan that just thinks everything is actually going to be okay. Well, here's the news for Everything works out for the Patriots. It's not going to be okay. It's going to come to an end. So, anyway, yeah, I mean. Freddie, you're up. Jinx Blaney. I'm sorry. Still won. Ha. Kansas. <laughs> I'm going to take, since I got first pick, I'll go Chase Elliott. Ah, oh, jerk. Man, I got second pick. Well, I'm a winner. I, you ain't picking I've been, last. Uh, I've been burning through a lot of these guys here. Yes, you have. Chase Elliott's a, a big swing there. That's a big bat. Uh,. I'm going to go conservative this week and, and, and hope for a miracle. Quinn Huff? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's back from Chick-fil-A yet. Uh, Cole Custer. 
Uh, miracle was two weeks ago, bro. Yeah, no. Man, <laughs> he's swinging pretty hard over there, so I might. You need to swing hard. You got three wins, yeah, but I got <laughs> you suck. I got eight. I got eight races left, man. To start redoing this here, I'm gonna go with. Ain't gonna matter if he wins uh, all eight. Uh, <laughs> did I pick him? Where's he at? Who? You ain't got a buy left either. <laughs> Your pick TJ. sucks. I picked oh, the got- guy I wanted already. I didn't know that. Damn it. Uh, you know, he hasn't been running that great. He's been getting caught up in a lot of trouble recently, but he's had good, fast cars. I'm going to go with Eric Jones. 8-8. Eight, eight. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Like apologize, Eric I feel Jones. like they ranted. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry, Eric. Uh, hope you all have a great week and be sure to send us tons of comments and likes and stop sending Brett gifts because honestly, his head is I love you guys. Thank y'all. Tito's. Keep them coming. Tito's yeah. vodka, tequila. There are three people we here. Casey her. don't count, neither does Jason. I count. No, you don't. What the Brett, when they have the gifts, send Jason a truly. No, Jason does not count because he's part time on the Dell Jr. download, too. So, speaking of the Dell Jr. download. Listen this week, Ray Abraham's going to be on. It's going to be a great show. Wow. I heard plugging it. So I listened last week to the end of the Dale Jr. download, and Dale said he wants us to come on there and debate with him. So we have to get on Dillner to make that happen. So we can go three on two. I'll take our odds. <laughs> well, two and a half. I don't know. Oh, TJ's. I'm going to have to uh, zoom in next week. Next week? Yeah. Where are you going? Uh, you going on, on vacation? Bit. With him, yeah. He's shady. <laughs> oh, you're going on vacation. Good for you. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm going to have to zoom in, too. I might have to. Yeah, you're not going to know where you're waking up, though. <laughs> uh, no, I can probably do it in the morning. <laughs> we can all just zoom in. I'm not coming here by myself. Casey's already on Zoom. No, I can do it in the morning. I don't think we're going to leave that early. I can do it whenever, but I'm going to go out and set up on the beach so you guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thanks, everybody. Well, like I said, have a great week. If you're a Thank race you. fan, this has got to be the most exciting time to be alive because we are racing our butts I off I know, man. Here. It's great, too, though, man. These four races in, like, four days, five races, it's awesome. I love it. Watch Thursday night. Thanks for listening. Word. See ya. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.